Hi, this is Eli Galindo from Pico Interactive, and you're listening to the Sega Lounge Podcast. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sega Lounge. We are back to business as usual after last week's crazy celebration of Sonic's 30th anniversary and of Race for Good 2021. Speaking of Race for Good, the event raised £5,520 for special effect, and all thanks to the superpower of teamwork of everyone involved. Congratulations for an amazing result in support of a great charity. Before we get to this week's show, it's time for a couple of announcements. First up, Alex Kidd and Miracle World DX is out now for most modern platforms. I've got one code for the Xbox version of the game to give away, so stick around until the very end of the show to find out how you can take part. Secondly, I'm taking what I think is a well-deserved summer break soon. So next week will serve as the mid-season finale of the show. However, just like last year, I don't plan on leaving you loungeless, so to speak. I'm planning a series of bite-sized bonus episodes that will go live on your podcast feed at the usual time until the season resumes sometime in September. I'll have more news to share on that next week, so be sure not to miss that. And now, it's time to introduce this week's guest. This week, the Sega Lounge opens its doors to Eli Galindo, founder and owner of Pico Interactive, a company which has been acquiring video game licenses and releasing new games for retro systems, such as the Mega Drive or Genesis. Pico Interactive's history is an interesting one, having started as a one-man project, which has since expanded to different areas of the video game developing and publishing business. In our conversation, Eli also shares some details about their upcoming Kickstarter project to bring to fruition a long-lost project from the Mega Drive's past, Cybernauts, the next breed. Hello Eli, welcome to the Sega Lounge. How are you? Uh, hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great, I'm great. Thank you for, for being on the show. Uh, we appreciate it. So you're a part of... Pico Interactive, right? Yes, I'm, yes. I'm the founder of the company um, since mm-hmm. uh, 2013, February 2013. Excellent, excellent. So that's obviously going to be, you know, what we're talking about more today, but let's go back a little bit in time and uh, talk about your, your beginnings as a gamer. I, I always like to know the background <laughs> of, my, of my guests. How did it all start for you? Were you a big gamer growing up and stuff? Yes, I was a big gamer growing up. Although um, I grew up in Mexico. So um, unfortunately for all Sega fans, Nintendo won the Sega, uh, the, the console wars in Mexico. 
<laughs> we we didn't have much access to to the Sega Genesis or or, or any other platform um, in Mexico. There was uh, presence. Uh, I I grew up mainly on the NES and then moved into Super Nintendo. But I remember uh, very fondly the first time what that I uh, played a Sega Genesis. It was um, it was like in fourth or fifth grade already in Mexico. So it was like ninety. 97 or so and it was uh, at a friend's house and and one of their cousins um brought in a sega genesis that she had and she was older so she didn't want to play with it anymore and man we played sonic it was it was only sonic and then um it was another game i forgot which one but we fell in love with sonic we played non-stop for like weeks you know every day because <laughs> that was a new thing for us like it was a new console we played super nintendo for a long time we played a bunch of Super Nintendo games. We, I mean, not all of them, but we, the most common ones in Mexico, we already played through and rented and, you know, traded with friends. So it was for us, it was like new Christmas, you know, new console, new <laughs> games, you know, a fast paced platformer that you didn't really have that in Super Nintendo or something like Sonic, like that fast and dynamic. So yeah, we fell in love and. And then later, um, you know, I moved to another town and, and didn't, I mean, that was my friend's uh, console. So I, I, I didn't play Sega stuff for a while, but I, uh, my parents got me a Windows 95 computer and I don't know how I came up uh, with a, like a 300 uh, video game. Uh, I don't know. It was a shareware or demos uh, CD and it had a, it had a comic zone. And man, oh. I would play. It, it was like two or three levels, and I would just play nonstop Comic Zone on the on the computer, you know. And eventually, uh, you know, we got emulators and stuff like that, and and started playing more Sega Genesis. Mostly yeah. going back to Sonic because I remember, oh, I I want to play Sonic, but I don't have a Sega Genesis. <laughs> Once I moved to the U.S., you know, I was exposed a lot more to the. To the Genesis and 32X and uh, Saturn and Dreamcast. Uh, briefly, when I was in, um, it was like uh, junior high, like uh, seventh grade or so, a rich friend in Mexico um, had a Dreamcast and a PS2 and a Nintendo. He had everything. So also, <laughs> you know, I was, I was, yeah, he was rich, rich friend. Um <laughs> And and that's the first time that I played Dreamcast. Although I, I don't remember which which game was it, but um, but by, by the time I was already in a border town in Mexico, so um, we would go every weekend or so to the U.S. Um, you know, go to stores like Walmart, and they had um the TV uh, with a with a Dreamcast demo on it where you could play, and they had like the controller. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. There's even memes about it. How you had to be like directly staring up and your neck will hurt to play. <laughs> and I remember it was, I think it was Power Stone, the, that Capcom fighting game that has like mm -hmm. isometric sort of view. Man, that looks super. The first time I saw like cartoony um, 3D or semi 3D graphics, and I was, I was hooked on that one. You know, and for, for, whatever period of time that they had the Dreamcast as a demo there at Walmart, I would go and fight through the pain of my neck and play <laughs> Power Stone. So, so yeah, I mean, 
not a lot of uh you know not a big big sega gamer when i was a, when i was a kid but definitely enjoy and, and appreciated all the little um mm-hmm. times that i was exposed and and uh, available you know had had a console available to play yeah that's great that's great would you say so uh, even if there were not sega but uh, what would you say were your like favorite games growing up the ones that My, you know, I had, to this, this day you still have the most memories of right so um when you know when i was a kid our family was not rich we were not really poor but you know most of my my games we we had to either find them on the second hand stores or trade it with friends you know that was a big mm-hmm. in mexico like you know oh we already played through this game so go to your neighbor and see if he has another one that you want to play and trade it or just go to to a flea market and try to trade it um normally you would be able to trade a game and then give give the flea market vendor like a hundred pesos like at the time it was like 10 bucks mm-hmm. and and then your game plus 10 bucks and they'll give you a, a new game so uh my my most of the games like it was stuff that my parents picked up on flea markets or pawn shops so it wasn't like oh i want that game and they would just go get it it was just whatever they found <laughs> so um the games that i that i like enjoy the most when when that happened it was uh you know weird but flashback by delphin software Mm -hmm. um i just there's something about that game that just i don't know i just really liked it um and then uh cold shadow maui Mahler cold shadow Mm -hmm. um i think it's eurocom donald dog yeah that one it was so cool Uh, and that one actually i didn't have it we we rented it um and then International Superstar Soccer Deluxe. That was another game mm-hmm. that we played just the heck out of it. Uh, and, and those are like the, the ones that I liked or love the most. But, you know, I always find myself going back to Super Mario World or Mario or Super Mario Bros. 3, Street Fighter. But those um, those three games that I just mentioned um, are the ones like I have the the I guess my favorite ones from from my when the I was the fondest a kid. memories. Yeah, the fondest right. memories. Yeah. You know, and then there's uh, always always like Total Scene Time and and some of the other cartoon games that I liked a lot. And you mm-hmm. know, I do have fond memories, but but the best ones were like Flashback, Maui Mahler, and International Superstar Soccer Deluxe. For well, they yeah. had it. They had it in both Genesis and Super Nintendo. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I th- uh International Superstar Soccer, I'm not sure, but maybe. I know Maui Muller, yeah. And Excellent. Flashback also had a And fl- yeah, Flashback. Yeah. Flashback was actually... I, I want to say they did had a Sega Genesis. I don't know, maybe, maybe. It's probably you're probably right. They did, yeah. Uh, they did, yeah. They did. Yes, yes, they did. Apparently, yes. <laughs> I <laughs> think it was Google. only Mega Drive though. <laughs> yeah, it was Mega Drive. Um, um I think. Oh, maybe, maybe. So, so that's, Europe that's only. my my neck of the woods. Woods then. Yeah. No, apparently, yeah. apparently, yeah. So only Europe. No, no Japan either. Interesting. Only Europe. It's one of the, like the one of the best two D soccer games ever. <laughs> Inter- I never played this. I I remember. Uh, by this time, so nineteen ninety five. By this time, FIFA was big. Over here. Um, okay. 
There no, was ninety four. So there was the 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 World Cup ninety four official yeah. game as well. I had that one actually on the Mega Drive. But um, you see, and that's funny because like in Mexico, we we would get uh, FIFA ninety eight for the Nintendo sixty four in like two thousand one. <laughs> 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 we would get everything so late. Um, I actually got like Nintendo sixty four around. It was. Okay, yeah, it was it was 2002, 2003, 2002 when I got the Nintendo 64. So oh. everything we 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 would get it so late, um, but but yeah, I mean, uh, we we, we were that enjoy. far behind here in Portugal. There were there were some delays usually in the beginning of of the 90s. Uh, for example, we we got the 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 Mega Drive, the Genesis, the Mega Drive. Uh, it was released close, very close to the Master System, so. They were like, uh, a, a, there was a simultaneous release almost of, of the two consoles oh. over here. Uh, but then I think I think we got pretty much, most things pretty much at the same time as the rest of Europe and, at least. And one of the things that could have um, be the reason uh, is that I lived in a small town. Um, so you had, yeah. you had uh, bigger stores in the bigger cities in Mexico, but there weren't, I mean, maybe they... There are more big cities now, but at the time, you know, you had like at least, I don't know, five of the biggest ones that had like major big box stores that you would find uh, games. But but still, even even in those places, you have a limited amount of games that were available. Yeah. Um, you know, you had the popular first party stuff and then the, maybe the second party, but anything from third party publishers, you probably wouldn't wouldn't you know see it yeah, um, yeah. and people know. people listening in and uh, people who are younger than us probably some of this probably doesn't really make sense yeah they, no. <laughs> they're used to having things digitally available at, at you know at launch and worldwide just, yeah worldwide you could just go to amazon and, and buy things but uh yeah it, it happened here as well and there wasn't i i i believe it's the same for for mexico as it was in portugal um People didn't really. We we were not a, a rich country, still aren't. Right. So not many people actually could afford, um, you know, Buy for example, getting all the consoles or even right. just one. And even if you had one, buying new games at launch was not something no, that yeah. most people yeah, could exactly. do. And you still had to convince your your parents that you needed those games. Uh, so or you you had to wait uh, until your birthday or Christmas, like. You know, that was something for, for my family was like, okay, yeah. you get two presents a year. You get one in your birthday and one in Christmas. You know, even if you had like good uh, grades or anything, it was, you yeah. know, maybe they'd take you out to dinner, but no no random purchases of, of video games. Yeah, And then yeah. also another thing is that you had to, at least for me and, and some of my friends, you had to show that, you know, you finish all your games and you you already... I don't know, master them. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say master them, but you you play them and finish all, and, and you know you're ready for another game now. Of course, yeah. Take um, all that you can get from that money that that money that they they spent on yeah. that game. So you right. need to actually a hundred percent a game, not because you want to, but because unless you, you do, have you to. won't get another game. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember. Um, when the PlayStation came up, I uh, again Mexico, a small town. But then there was a 
a couple of other rich, you know, um, friends that I had and they got the PlayStation and then I saw it. I was like, oh my God, it's CDs <laughs> and the music sounds like the movies. And, you know, it has the X-Men versus the Street Fighter game. They have all these crazy games in 3D. I want it. And my parents are like, yeah, but we're not going to get it for you because only they have it and you're not going to have other friends to trade to, you know, to trade <laughs> your games. So I ended up getting a Nintendo 64 because everybody else had a Nintendo 64. Um, so I could trade games. So, you know, I got the Nintendo 64, a couple games, and then after I was done, trade GoldenEye, try to get something else, and trade that other something else to try to get something else. And, you know, yeah. that that was the way. I mean, it was yeah. it was fun. Uh, it made sense, actually. It's yeah. actually quite, quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So. So so fast forward a few years uh, and and you start Pico Interactive, right? Right. right. Um, lots of years. <laughs> lots of years. So why? What, what what's the the thought process behind starting this so, company? Um. Yeah. It, it's I always tell the same story. So um, through college, um, now here in the states, I um, I supported myself, um, and you know it was. Uh, to try to you know get money to for food, gas, maybe to go to a party, eat out, sometimes help with the rent by um, buying and selling old video games, right? So I would go to flea markets, pawn shops, um, garage sales, every, you know secondhand stores, search for games, and this this was two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So prices were not as crazy, and I guess popularity was not as bad as as well, not bad, as not as big as it mm-hmm. is right now. So there was, you know, it was a, like an El Dorado time where if you were into it, you would be able to buy and sell video games and make a decent chunk of cash. Uh, although prices were a lot cheaper than they are now, but the competition was non-existent. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I supported myself through college, um, and then I finally gra- finally graduated, and I couldn't find a job. Yeah, <laughs> I graduated as a communications uh, major, like technical communications. So there wasn't a lot of that in Texas. Um, so um, I I had a, a couple of like um, not sabbatical, but like three four months that I I didn't have a a job. So you know, I started again buying and selling video games to, to have some money. To go out and then I um, I started reading about like reproductions and what people were doing with um, translation uh, games like Japanese mm-hmm. games because at the time you know I, I still un- until like 2008 2009 I was exposed to more games that I didn't know they were came out on Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis because at the time you know I, 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 w- I was buying and selling Genesis stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, oh, all these new games that I never played when I was a kid. And, you know, the cool thing about buying and selling is that you could buy it, play it, and sell it. And, you know, you will make money off of playing games yeah. too. <laughs> so, and then I learned that people were like, oh, we were translating these Japanese exclusive games that never came out. And there's so, you know, there's a thousand more games per platform that came out in Japan and didn't in the U.S. So that blew my mind. And I started researching more and, and, and then learn how to those things work and how to put a new game, new translation game, solder into a cartridge. 
So, you know, I remember I was talking to a friend uh, at a convention and he's, he was, he was a lawyer. He was like, yeah, but that's illegal, man. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> but the companies don't exist anymore. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's illegal. You can go to jail. So that freaked me out. And, and then I, I thought, oh, what about if you make a new game and, and then you put it on a cartridge and, I mean, will that be illegal? And he, he was like, no, that's fine. Um, so, so yeah, <laughs> that's how I started. I was like, okay, let's, let's make a new Super Nintendo game. And at the time, Homebrew was, this is 2012, 2011 or so. Homebrew wasn't that big, like, yeah, as it is now. And the market was like, if you would make a simple NES game at the time, if you will make, you know, and, and release cartridges, you will make so much money compared to now. Cause, uh, you know, people, everybody will pay attention to that. And it was like a, like a thing, like, oh, new NES game. So Which yeah, it wasn't I really mean, that easy to 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 do, right? No, so it was, yeah, it, it was harder. The tools available Ex to make these exactly. Games. So NES, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, even to the day, it's a little bit hard to make games. But but yeah, um, so at the time, I was like, oh, we gotta, you know, let's make a new game, and I couldn't find a developer that was like, oh, let's make a, you know, I'll I'll, I'll help you make a commercial game or a game big enough to to make up for a cartridge. So through the internet, I found four different homebrew developers that were working or had done their own Super Nintendo game um, that was like a mini game, but, you know, it was yeah. a good, decent game, but it was a small game. Not enough for a cartridge, but if you would, I thought if you put all those four together, it it's a, it's a more of a, you know, value that for, for the player. Now you have four games to play, even their shorter games. At least you get you know a couple of hours of playtime compared to yeah. the same couple of hours that you would gotten from a beat him up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I did. Um, I, I contacted for you know from those four guys and made some sort of agreement uh, where you know they will get paid uh, if if you know if we sold cartridges and we did a kick. I did a Kickstarter and it got funded. So that, you know, that was the first time a Super Nintendo game was, um, was done like with new, new games. And after that, um, I was able somehow, <laughs> I was able to sell like a, another chunk of, of those, uh, that same game copies to a wholesaler, a distributor. So that brought in more funds. And I was like, okay, what's next? Let's make a new game. But it was hard. It was going to be a lot more expensive than licensing for minigames. So it's like, maybe we should license more stuff. And that's when everything really, really took off. Um, I, I was able to license uh, Super 3D Noah's Ark. Uh, and then that worked out. And then um, I started looking for canceled games, um, like unreleased games. And that worked out. And... And that was, yeah, I was concentrated on Super Nintendo at the time. And, and, and now I had, I wanted to, you know, it was not sustainable. Like it was good enough for a hobby, but if I wanted to do, uh, make a living out of this, I would need it to do more. So we did an NES homebrew game and then I licensed, uh, I was able to license, uh, Duke Nukem for Sega Genesis. So mm -hmm. that was the first Sega Genesis project, uh, we, we did, uh, basically the, the tech toy. Uh, Duke Nukem 
and then do yeah, we did some improvements which really 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 helped the gameplay of the of the of the game now it wasn't that frustrating and difficult to play but yeah that was the, that was the first and it was actually it was the um three realms i mean duke nukem and then um super fighter team uh, which had done already other retro releases by then like uh beggar prince and um what else oh uh, the legend of wukong and saku for the links and stuff like that i, I don't remember i did contact them and then we ended up, you know, making a deal and we acquired some games from them. Um, I was like Water Margin, um, Babe, uh, Brave Battle Saga, um, now Legends of the Canon, Legends of the New Gods, and some other games. Um, and the first one, the easiest to 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 translate was Water Margin. So that was a, like a dual release where it was Water Margin. And Duke Nukem for Sega Genesis um, at the same time. Okay. So it was the first time that we did a, a Genesis uh, release with a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we did uh, so every time. There's every a lot time. involved in, in, your, in your work here, right? So you've, you've got the licensing part. You've got right. the localization part as well. You have to localize yeah. the games or translate and then them. Polishing and then the sometimes. Yeah. Well, that, fixing that well. some of the games, yeah. Um, yeah. So hacking and reverse engineering and hacking the games, and then the physical yeah. production, manufacturing of cartridges as well, right? Or that maybe you you outsource that. You so know? at the at the at the beginning, I was soldering everything um, by hand. I was uh, soldering everything, so I was sourcing chips uh, and parts and components, getting a PCB done, uh, design, and then. Making sure the game works, um, getting files ready for production, and then I was doing everything one by one. It was not mass produced, so yeah. if we had three hundred orders of water margin, I had to burn three hundred chips one by one, sort sort those one by one, and test one by one that they will pass QA. And sometimes even that I, you know, even if QA was passed. I, I I would have like oversee a mistake and I had to do a replacement, and then you know finding the shells, putting the putting the PCB on a shell, putting the label on the PC on the shell, finding good cases, printing covers, designing the designing the what's it called the the manual. The and manual, I was a, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, at the beginning, I was that one man job like i was doing yeah. everything and i would make a lot of mistakes <laughs> and people sometimes don't understand that whenever you're designing something you look you stare it for so long that even if you have a big grammar or spelling error in your face with like big bold letters you won't see it so <laughs> so yeah i mean uh every single release that we've done since then there's been improvements and every time i try to do something new and every time I try to do something new, I make I discover new mistakes that you can make. So <laughs> so yeah, that's how everything started. Now we we got a factory that we you know we just send the files, say like okay this game they send a prototype, test it, if it works we just make the order. The only thing that we're still doing here in house um it's uh, pasting labels and and putting the 
covers and the manuals inside the cases. Um, that's mm-hmm. all we're doing now. Uh, okay. But I stopped, I stopped starting like around 2017 because I was still some games like, you know, that were not, how do you call it? Like they had not, not a lot of demand. I was still was mm-hmm. doing it by hand. Um, but now it's just all done through a factory, through, through, I, want, I don't want to say mass probably, productions. It's probably yeah. easier to outsource that now, right? So it's, yes. it's pretty common to find uh, companies and other people who do that. Maybe just yes. do that as their business. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, yeah, I mean, all these factories, they do electronics as their main business. And, I mean, they've been doing that for a long time than, than you or, or, I mean, that, than us. And they have a lot more people that are doing that daily than, than us. You know, sometimes I would forget... Uh, how to sort, how, how to assemble uh, a specific game because I've been doing Sega Genesis for 300, you know, 300 copies of one game and then I had to do 50 of Super Nintendo. I was like, how do you even assemble? <laughs> everything is different and I'll have to like mess up a couple of them remembering how it was to, supposed to be done and then now that you got it, okay, now I got to get into the rhythm and start assembling now, now all that is in the past, um, yeah. and a lot of companies started doing cartridges um, and mass producing. That, that it was a double-edged sword because it was more competition. Um, uh-huh. When when a lot when bigger money got into the releasing all cartridge games, you know, better licenses for them and and more value to the players. Were like they give you stickers and etc. But at the same time, it helped us because now that more people are doing cartridges than prices or manufacturing for the PCBs and fixing all the problems that the old PCBs had, it's becoming easier. Because before, yeah. um, the 5.5, uh, I mean, 5 volts parts were available, but all, all the all the PCBs that the factories had were 3.5 volt, um, volts parts. And then they they would convert it into they would drop down the voltage from the console from 5.5 to 3.5 going to the PCB by doing some like electronics tricks, which is fine. But it, a lot of people believe that it it can it can potentially damage your console or wear it uh, mm-hmm. during you know through the through the years. I don't personally believe that because even then. Those con- these consoles are built like a tank, you know, like yeah, the old uh, ones, the ex- yeah, yeah, yeah the old <laughs> ones like Sega Genesis, NES, or NES. They're they're heavy duty. So, but you know, a lot of people were like not complaining, but requesting, hey, I don't want my console to be exposed to this. So, by having more competition, that led to the factories to be more like, okay, now everybody's requesting fixing this, so we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, because before it was like, well, if you want to, we want us to fix this, you need twenty thousand pieces. And I'm like, I don't. I sometimes we sell two hundred copies of the of one game. I I don't I don't I cannot do twenty thousand pieces. So it, it has worked out both ways, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. When it comes to to more okay. popularity of, of, of cartridges and retro games. Mm-hmm. So a, c- a couple of questions. How many people uh, are working with you right now 
as Pico Interactive? Or is it just... Uh, Pico, no, um, so we have two here in the U.S. as uh, people that uh, assemble um, games, like not solder, but put the, put the PCB on the shelf, put a label, put covers, you know, packaging and shipping. So they do all the logistics. Mm -hmm. And then we have a team... Because uh, now the company has sort of evolved a little bit. Um, we're not doing on, only retro games. We we start doing modern games, comics, and car even cartoons. Um, so so our team is growing exponentially every 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 quarter or so. So now um, Mexico, we have a team of one, two. Sorry, <laughs> we have about <laughs> a team of five, and okay. you know we have an artist, a video editor, a writer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're mostly, um, a, a music composer that also, that's also a pixel artist and also everything else that I ask him to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like me, I'm, I'm, I'm like a Joker card where you can just <laughs> use it for everything. You know, that's me and that's him too. Um, and, uh, although the, the Mexico team is concentrating more into the comics and, uh, mm -hmm motion comics and then uh, creating content for like video content for future projects mm -hmm. and but the artist is helping you know on, on the covers side and and eventually the the manuals and the you know all the all that has yeah, to do with yeah. packaging and, and art um so yeah we're we're okay. growing hopefully everything works out great, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> also um why why do you think um, or where do you think this this interest in in uh, older consoles comes from? Because I I would say f f for some time it would be like older people, mm -hmm. uh, like 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 us maybe who who grew right. up with these systems, right? But now I see many other people interested in in you know uh, uh, homebrew uh, hacks and 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 fan games and stuff for, for older systems. Where do you think this came from? I mean, I think it's a combination of that we grew up, like you and I grew up in the golden era of video games. And what I mean golden era is that the beginning of everything, the right, the, the how do you call it? The, the big craze of the, video the games. The genesis? <laughs> I, well, I think, maybe not, you know, maybe not, we, maybe not. We, we have the... <laughs> We had the we had the Atari, right? And the yeah. Intellivision, the Collision That was a little craze. And then it died because quick QA of software QA, right? And licensing of, of you know problems. Like people wouldn't would release unlicensed content and it was low quality, so people would you know, general audience would uh uh think that all the video games were low quality, etc. I mean, that's a very overly simplified reason mm -hmm. why the, the crash of the, of that, that's why we call it like pre-crash consoles. And then here comes Nintendo and here comes Sega and they start a video game war with their marketing campaign and being, a, uh, you know, like, like teasing at each other and Nintendo doing massive uh, events and uh, I don't know. It was it was just such a thing, such thing that it's not it's not gonna repeat itself. I think it's it's so weird. And I've I, we actually had a podcast in Spanish 
talked about this. It's, it's, you know, I compare it to like, you know, do you like basketball? Do you, do you remember, um, the Chicago Bulls and my, and Michael Jordan? For me, that, that's the same analogy where it was like once in a lifetime, something that you, you had to be there, uh, to mm -hmm. live in. You had to be in a kid in school during that time where everybody was crazy about Michael Jordan yeah. and how, how, the NBA and the basketball took over the world because of that uh -huh. team. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about Nintendo Sega Genesis and a little bit about PlayStation. Maybe, well, maybe Nintendo 64, not that much, but you had to be there. And it was such a craze that people are always going to look back and say like, that's how it started. That's what, when Nintendo took over the world, when Sega you know, rivaled a, this monster company that was Nintendo and actually put a bit, very big dent into Nintendo's, you know, popularity and split that popularity. Um, that's, that's, I think that's the reason, um, why, why people are getting interested in these older platforms. Uh, another one is that, you know, a lot of people like, like to learn where the prequels or, where the characters came from or the yeah you know the very first game so they're like oh yeah i'm playing mario 55 i don't know which one's the latest mario and but i, I want to play the first mario i want to play the second mario and and they go back and and, and and you know get a nintendo get a get a mario and same for sonic oh you know especially now that they're cr cross promoting mario and sonic where you know, the Olympic games and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, they, they, it's just a, it's a weird, it's, it's, I'm, I'm having trouble it's trying to explain time. myself. Yeah. <laughs> so people go back that and try happens. to, yeah, try to understand where, where these characters came mm -hmm, from, mm -hmm. where Sonic came from, which one was the first Sonic game. And, and yeah, I mean, probably, I think that's where it's coming something, from. Uh, uh, also, the popularity from from a developer standpoint also probably comes from being easier maybe to to create something for these old systems. Uh, right. Although there are many limitations, but it's fairly easy, fairly easy to make available for for many people. Um, right. Even if it's even if just the, the ROM, but uh, but people can can distribute these this you know fan projects and, and side projects easier or whereas before the, there was not this this you know ease of access to the market there was not and as you said right. even like in 2013 when you started there weren't a lot of people doing this so there was a, a there were many other limitations from a developer and a distributor standpoint as right. well so it's probably easier now which makes it more enticing to 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 get into right yeah I, I mean i still think that the main audience is uh people that are or age or mm -hmm. they at least were the little brother maybe when when yeah you know when when the big brother was playing super nintendo nintendo 64 they were the little brother so they still have some sort of like memories and so then the, the ones a lot who of, actually experienced the the system at some point Right, exactly. That, that's probably the majority of of people mm -hmm. that are like. But then there's a big, there's this big um, 
percentage, I think, of either, you know, again, people that um, want to learn what's, what was the, what was the first Sonic, Sonic game like? What was the first, mm-hmm. you know, Super Monkey Ball uh, game like? And, uh, also the, 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 the new, the new generations, like our sons and daughters, for example, I have a daughter that's going to be two years of age, um, you know, soon. And I just got her Mario Paint and I got her a Game Boy, uh, just so she could, I mean, she could barely understand. Well, she tries <laughs> to, but she doesn't get into it that much just yet because she has like a three second, uh, attention span. But, uh, but, uh, but now, like I as a as a gamer, I want my daughter to play these old games that I grew up with because I I can I connect those games with good memories, mm-hmm. and I and all these people that are that are you know that were the fans or that are the fans for for these new games you know people that are our age or people from the eighties and nineties, I believe a lot of them are going to do the same, where yeah, like my. If if they have a family, they're my daughter or my nephew. I I want to share what I felt what when I was a kid to them by introducing them to these games. And I mean, they're uh, at the end of the day, they're toys. So kids don't care. I think if if they're in three D or if, if if the controller is too simple simple or whatever, they they just want to play. Mm-hmm. So you know those those kids are being exposed to these older games and. And then, um, you know, that's going to lead to another wave of interest into the retro gaming scene. Um, one thing that I've noticed when we've gone to conventions is that we've exposed right next to other developers that have like new, new modern games, right? And kids, small kids always come to our table first and play because, and my only logic is like, well, um, retro games are 2D and they're colorful, colorful. So they think they're more like a cartoon. That's why they come in and they, they see like something fun and colorful and like a cartoon. So they come and play, but always in my, and I told my wife one time and she was like, Oh man, uh, maybe because you were first on the, on the in, in line or something. Or, <laughs> and I was like, no, like for sure, pay attention. And, and I brought her down one time. I was like, Oh yeah, all the smaller kids were coming to play. You know your your whatever you were uh, exp- uh, you know showing on your on your table, and I don't know. It's it's a big combination yeah, of that, that's different actually, things. That's a good point. Yeah, I I think so too. I I I'm I'm a big gamer and I'm a fan of, of modern games as well. Uh, but I if I see something um like like a very nice pixel art with with colors, right. I I tend to go. In that direction first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I'm, I'm more attracted to that because it reminds me probably of my of the games that I grew up with and my favorite games still to this day. So probably, probably you're probably right for for children as well. And I usually uh, get a lot of guests that say when they were growing up and saw their first video game or something, the, they were attracted to it because they felt like that was a cartoon that they could play so exactly that yeah you're yeah, yeah. probably uh, onto something with that explanation i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay eli let's take a quick break um we we will be right back i i have a surprise for you by the way okay we haven't cool. discussed but we'll we'll nice. be right back and we have much more to to talk about 
This week's episode is sponsored by the K.O. Corral restaurant. Feeling hungry from battling snakes? Come on down to the K.O. Corral restaurant in Old Armstone Town. If you think you can handle it, try our rattlesnake burger for your daily dose of protein. And to top it off the right way, ask for our world-famous cow patty ice cream. For a meal worthy of the strongest vipers, come to the K.O. Corral restaurant in Old Armstone Town. Find us in front of the Fighting Gallery Game Arcade. Welcome back, Eli. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Hope you're Thank you. ready. <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> you're not, though. You're not. Uh, oh, I'm not? Okay. So I, I said I had a surprise. What is my surprise? Well, it's something I like to call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> Okay. So the Sega Lunch Challenge is something that I do with all my guests. Okay. Um, and it, it can be different things. So I'm actually going to um, let you choose what we're, we're going to do as okay. this Sega Lunch <laughs> Challenge. So I have several options here. I have all right. uh, questions related to Sega. Mm -hmm. uh, all of Sega. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, and they can be easy or hard, depending on what you choose. Okay. And <laughs> I also have, like, a different kind of game, which is uh, a, a multiple-choice game, for you okay. to guess, for you to guess the name of a certain, a specific Sega game, okay? Okay, I like so, that one. You like that Cause, one? Because, yeah, like, I'm, I'm <laughs> how, do you, how do you put it? I, I don't know much about Sega as a company and uh, as a history but I know a lot of like, if you tell me, if you make a game where it's like, tell me who owns the rights of every single game, I want to <laughs> tell you. And then I'm going to tell you who ended up buying those. And, you know, if they went through bankruptcy or whatever, that's where I'm like very knowledgeable. I'm proud of that. But if you tell me like, oh, yeah, who founded Sega? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, okay, the game. So, so we're oh. gonna go with the, the name games or the, yes. the game names. The game names. Okay, okay, exactly. Okay, okay. So I have ten here. Ten questions. All right. I'm gonna okay. give you a, a short description of the game. All right. And then, if you want to, you can give give me a guess, or if you if you prefer, I can give you three options and you pick one from them. Okay. All right. Okay. So ready for the first one? I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Can Can we get five? That's your goal. Halfway there. If you can get 10, you're amazing. Okay. So, uh, no, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Number one. In this arcade and home console game, you play as one of two thieves. Or, in the case of the Western console versions, security testers. They must retrieve uh. several objects scattered around levels while avoiding guards. So in Japan, this was two thieves. In the West, uh, two uh, security testers. Okay. So any guesses? 
No guesses. Uh, you said I had multiple choices, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? I can. Okay. I, okay. So my the options are option A, Bonanza Brothers. Okay. Option yeah, that's B. That's it. Yeah. That's one answer for others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So option B, Dynamite Ducks. Option oh, C, crap. Wonder Boy. Yeah. No, it has to be Bonanza Brothers. Are you sure? I am sure. Final answer. And I'll tell you after that. I'll tell you why. Okay, your answer is Eli. Correct. Yes. Of yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I knew I knew the game, but I was gonna say I don't know why I was confusing the name with Dashing Desperados, and I was like, okay. no, it's not Dashing Desperados. No, 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 it's something else, like something similar. <laughs> it, it, until you said Vanessa Rose, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, cool. So Dash and Desperados is a, a Data a data East game, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, yes, Data East. Yeah. And that that's like a Western. Western, Western, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know why when you say Thief, I was like Western. Uh, not Western, but um, how you call it? Like a bandit? And yeah, I, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to say... Th- you know, I don't know is why it, isn't that I, I, play, I played this not, not so long ago. Isn't that like they're, they're trying to... Catch up with a girl or something. They they race through the the level. Yeah, I think. It, it's racing through the level, like running. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't <laughs> played much because when I, I I got a I got a, a copy and I played, mm-hmm. I was like, "What is this?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why yeah. the art reminded me of uh, Spin Master. I was like, "Maybe it's just like Spin Master," and it wasn't. So, <laughs> so I just played for like a few seconds. And yeah, I, 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 it didn't click with me either. I'll be honest. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first one. Well done. Let's go with number two. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. This 1996 title was created by Sonic Team and features two children, Clarice and Elliot, who try to stop the evil wise men with the help of a mysterious creature by reclaiming the stolen Idious. Oh my god. Okay. No no okay. clue? No idea? <laughs> no, because when you said to chill it, another title came into my mind, which is <laughs> nothing. It's a Psygnosis game. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll wait for the options. Okay. So option A, Dynamite Heady. Option B, Gunstar Heroes. Option C, Knights into Dreams. <sighs> I want to say Knights into Dreams. Why? Because I don't think Gunstan here was done by the Sonic team. <laughs> what about Dynamite Heady? Um, <laughs> no, Dynamite <laughs> it's just one guy. <laughs> so, Knights into Dreams? Yeah? Yes. Knights into Dreams, you say? So, Dynamite Heady was not the correct answer. Well done. Gunstar Heroes was not the correct answer either. So, yeah. Knights into Dreams. Good job. Is, yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that game. Although I just pulled like one of my um, skills for answering tests. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Knights into Dreams is a, is a great game. Uh, released on the, the Sega Saturn. Actually, oh, Saturn. In I, I'm, yeah. I'm not more, not much familiar with Saturn. I, 
I know yeah. like five titles total. So knights is 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 a, a creature that in the game they say dualizes, so like merges with the children, oh. and so he you you know they 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 fly through the levels and that's it's a very fun like arcadey type game. Cool. Um, many people are big big fans of this. Okay, question number three, Eli. In 2007, Sega released this game, which was the first installment in the Sonic Storybook series. Are you familiar with the Sonic Storybook series? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought in it was going to be about Sega Genesis, man. <laughs> the questions. So, in this game, Sonic the Hedgehog enters the world of the Arabian Nights book to fight an evil genie. Is it Sonic and the Black Knight? Option A, Sonic and the Black Knight. Option B, Sonic and the Secret Rings. Option A. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah, okay. Go, or go C, ahead. Sonic Lost World. Uh, it's, uh, this Sonic and the Secret Rings. Why? You, you sound very sure of your answer. Okay, so I don't know how a lot of people know, but um, we acquired uh, the, the video game e-commerce website, jjgames.com, and now we're, like, doing their logistics. Um, so, you know, shipping games. And okay. um, I, was, I was doing, at the beginning, I was doing the fulfillment of the order, so it was one game that, uh, that I saw on the Wii. And the, the title is familiar, Um um, I haven't played it, and I remember I was like, wow, that looks cool, the cover art. And I was like, I wonder what that is. So the date, you know, it's around the Nintendo Wii. So, um, yeah, that's the only okay. one that I remember. So that's why I remember, like, because I saw it on the inventory of JJ Games. So you're, you're going with Sonic and the Secret Rings, right? Yes. Okay. Let me tell you, is, is that final answer, right? Final answer. Okay. It's locked in. So let me tell you, Sonic and the Black Knight, Sonic and the Secret Rings, and Sonic Lost World are all real names of real Sonic games. Mm -hmm. Sonic and the Black Knight and Sonic and the Secret Rings are both Wii games, mm -hmm. and they are both part of the Storybook series. <laughs> Sonic Lost World is a Wii U game, and there's also a 3DS version but not part of the storybook series, so Sonic Lost World is not the correct answer. So you're saying Secret Rings instead of yes. Black Knight. Uh, honestly, I don't... Okay, so you said it went to the Arabian Nights uh, book, right? Yep, yep. So the Arabian Nights, um, um, I don't remember having anything to do with a Black Knight, and mm -hmm. but makes more sense with rings um we own an arabian nights game by done by chris ellis the creators mm -hmm. of soccer kid and i cannot remember because i played it briefly i can't remember there's some thematic rings in a boss fight or something so i want to okay. and then you know sonic rings so i, I want to say <laughs> that one although i remember the rings were like uh like color like rainbow color which is not very arabian um, so I might I might be wrong, but yeah. I'll should stick to should my I guns. give you the answer? Yeah. Yeah. 
You are right, yes, Sonic and the Secret Rings. Sonic and the Black Knight is actually uh, the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. Um, story, it, right, with King Arthur and, and things. So, yeah. Right. It's uh, another cool. story. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Three for three. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Eli, Dreamcast. Okay. All right. right? Oh, Dreamcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Power this, Stone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Could, could be, could be. This Dreamcast game is considered to be one of the pioneers of its generation for its use of cel-shaded graphics. Gameplay <laughs> includes both skating and spraying. Uh-huh. Is it A, Sonic Shuffle, B, Shenmue, C, Jet Set Radio? R Jet Set Radio. Yeah? Yeah. No, sure? If I get that one wrong, people are going to like come to my house and try to kill me or something. <laughs> I can't get that wrong. <laughs> and you won't. You are right. Jet Set Radio it is. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Things are about to get harder. Oh. With question number five. This is very, very recent. The latest installment in a popular Sega series. This game features a brand new style of gameplay, switching from real-time to turn-based fighting, mm. and a new protagonist called Ichiban Kasuga. It was nominated for Best RPG in the 2020 Game Awards. Mm -hmm. So is it A, Yakuza Like a Dragon, B, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, or C, Persona 5 Royal. These are all, by the way, real games. No, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go by who owns Persona. Is it Atlas? It or is. Switch? Which, okay, which yeah, is Sega I'm, now? Uh, yeah, I know. I'm going to say Persona 5. Persona 5. Uh, royal then, right? Royal, yeah. Are you sure? I am sure. Are you familiar with any of the other games that I mentioned? With Yakuza no. Like a Dragon or 13 Sentinels? Well, Yakuza, Yakuza yeah. Uh, but very, very briefly familiar with mm -hmm. the Yakuza series. Okay. So, final answer, Persona 5 Royal, right? Mm-hmm. 13 Sentinels is not the correct answer. No. It's not a sequel. It's just a one-time game that was released in the West last year. Uh, to to some, some critical acclaim as well. Okay. <sighs> Eli, Eli, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> Your answer is incorrect. It was ah, Yakuza. Like a Dragon, also known as Yakuza 7 in, or Ryuga Gotoku 7 in Japan. Uh, which, it, it's it's the, the most recent game in the series, and they it was a, a real-time, a brawler-type game, and it, it they turned it into a, a turn-based RPG. Turn-based. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's fine. Good game. Cool game. Cool game, actually. Very good game. Okay, no worries, no worries. So four um, correct answers so far out of five. Well done. Let's go with number six. Set in 1986 in Japan, 
This game follows the story of a young man called Ryo Hazuki as he seeks revenge for his father's murder. Mm-hmm. Any idea? Shenmue. Could be. <laughs> Are you? Is that like Shenmue or Shenmue? Shenmue! <laughs> <laughs> and you're correct, yes! That's it! Well done! <laughs> Have you ever played Shenmue? Uh, briefly, yes. Uh, on the yeah. Xbox, I want to say. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yep. It was released on the Xbox. Uh, Shenmue 2. Shenmue 2 mm-hmm. was released on the Xbox. Okay, uh, both of them, both of the, the two original games were on the Dreamcast. And right. Then 2 was released on the Xbox. Okay, good what, job. What's going on well with the done. Kickstarter for the other one, by the way? No, it was released uh, two years ago. Okay. Shenmue I'm, 3, I'm, yeah, yeah. And you can I, get I it remember on, the, on... Drink, the Kickstarter, but I don't remember what happened, when that up yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, people are now waiting for Shenmue 4, hopefully, wow, to, to, nice. to come out soon, some, sometime. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, Shenmue 3, Shenmue 1 and 2... Uh, was you know Shenmue 1 2 HD was released by Sega, uh, and and so it's now available to play on um, multiple platforms. And three nice. is also available on on some I think uh, PlayStation Four and PC. So it's it's easy now to to play through the whole thing. Nice. <laughs> okay, good job. Number seven. We're almost done. Twenty six years after the previous game in the series was released. This highly acclaimed sequel came out for all modern systems, featuring both classic characters such as Axel and Blaze, and original ones like Cherry. It was nominated for Best Action in the 2020 Game Awards. Any clues? Wonder Boy? Are you going with that or should I read okay. the, the options? Uh, read the options just to make sure, but... I'm okay. Pretty sure. Okay. So option A, Sonic the Hedgehog 4. Option B, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. Option C, Streets of Rage 4. Oh my god. I was way wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Streets of Rage 4. Streets of Rage 4? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is Streets of Rage 4. Hey, but, but your question was worded in a way that I could have been Wonder Boy, though. But it so was, tw- I probably wasn't a... Yeah, Streets of Rage 3 was released 26 years before Streets of Rage 4. Okay. So I thought it was... You know, and, and I didn't count much, you know, the, the years, yeah. but I was like, Wonder Boy, Master System, yeah, a long time ago, almost 30 years, yeah. <laughs> So um, I think it was uh, um, 1994, if I'm not mistaken, Streets of Rage 3. Right. And uh, Streets yeah. of Rage 4 came out last year. Yeah. Okay, and it's a great game. Okay, number eight. This is the first game in a series featuring two extraterrestrial rappers <laughs> who end up crash landing on Earth and going in search of their ship's missing pieces. Do yeah, I have I'm to say the specific game or can I say just the franchise? Depends on what you're thinking. What, um, what are you thinking right now? Toa and Earl Jam? Is that how do you okay, spell so it? Like, Toe to Jam and Earl, perhaps? To, sorry, Toe Jam and Earl. 
So, so I'm I'm talking about the first game. So the first okay. game, do you think it was called just Toe Jam and Earl? No, I don't remember. <laughs> I'll hear the options, but okay, okay. So option A, Vector Man. Option B, Toe Jam and Earl. Option C, Gunstar Heroes. Okay, now you're yeah, Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So was it was it really just Toe Jam and Earl the name? It was really Toe Jam and Earl, and okay. it is the correct answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The the second one was Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron. Yeah, Funkatron. The, yeah, but the the because I remember one. that that the Funkatron part of the title. Um, yeah. Again, thanks to JJ Games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I wasn't okay. sure if the first if if the first one had a, a subtitle or it was just. It was just Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay, excellent. Number nine. Eli, you're doing great. In 1993, mm. Sega released this game for the arcades. It's often cited as being the first fully 3D fighting game released to the general public and the basis for almost all subsequent games in the genre. Mm -hmm. Is it Virtual A? Fighter. <laughs> Is it A, Virtual Fighter, <laughs> B, Fighting Vipers, or C, Eternal Champions? Yeah, it's FX Fighter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, virtual Fighter. <laughs> it is Virtual Fighter. Very good job. Well done. Okay. Yeah. Are you, are you a fan of Virtual Fighter? Have you played it? Yes. I played a lot of Virtual Fighter when, you know, when we... Uh, that was one of the games that we got with the Sonic console, actually. And... Um, ah, we had a 32x actually. I'm, I'm just remembering stuff. When, oh yeah. When I mentioned like my friends got a Sega Genesis. Now that I remember, it was we also had a 32x. We just didn't know it was a console. We thought it was just an accessory. Um, yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, and then um, they televised at around the same time in Mexico. They televised a Virtual Fighter cartoon. And I, you know, I watched. That oh, a interesting! Lot. I like I, I like that a lot more than the Street Fighter cartoon, because mm -hmm. this is what they did in Mexico, and this is a big parenthesis. They mix the street, the Japanese Street Fighter anime, and this American Street Fighter cartoon. Like suddenly, we were what you were watching one day Street Fighter with American, the, you know, American version, and then all of, the, all of a sudden, next day, the anime starts at the same time, and it says Street Fighter, but the characters look different. Chun-Li and Ryu are dressed in like different clothes and you know it's completely different yeah so so that was confusing but I uh, I I because of that and just in general Virtual Fighter was a better cartoon and yeah we like I liked mm -hmm. it a lot excellent excellent yeah. okay and uh Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown just came out on the PlayStation 4 as well right. so that's that's something to play these days. Okay, last question, Eli. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Released in 2017, this is a 2D platformer that is a return to the style of Sonic the Hedgehog Mega Drive games, featuring brand new zones as well as reimagined zones from Sonic 1, 2, CD, and Sonic and & Knuckles. Is it Sonic Forces? Option A. Option B, Sonic Colors. 
Option C, Sonic Mania. Uh, C, Sonic Mania. Why? Because I remember <laughs> <laughs> when it came out. It really came out in 2016. It's been that far. 17, 17. I mean, 17. Time flies so fast. Yeah. Sonic Colors was released earlier. Sonic Forces was released in 2017. Oh, yeah, I messed up. Sonic Mania was released in Sonic in 2017 as well. Mm. So which one is it? I'm pretty sure it's Sonic Mania. I remember the, the release. And you it threw me a curveball. You would be. Correct, yes, Sonic yes. Mania. Sonic Mania is the correct answer. The the classic style Sonic game, Sonic Mania, pretty good game I, actually I, as well. I really enjoy when companies release retro style video games and pixel art. Um, yeah. For example, I I got excited when they announced uh and Goblins re like reimagine or whatever, re release mm -hmm. by Capcom recently. And then I saw the graphics. And some people like it, but for me, it was like, they should have stuck with the pixel art because the that game never never had a version that was not pixel art mm -hmm. through the years. So why now? You know, and, and also the, the, the art reminds me a lot of the Windows games from mid-2000s. I don't know why. Um, so, so yeah, I, that's why yeah. I liked Sonic Mania, uh, Mega Man 11... Um, mm -hmm. What else? Yeah, the, for sticking with the classic, the classic yeah, look the of classic the series, look. right? Yeah. yeah exactly. and Sonic Mini is a, 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 actually arguably the best 2D Sonic game ever. Um, nice. I, I really enjoyed it very much. It's, it's It was made by fans, actually. <laughs> right, and, uh, right, right. Yeah. So they, they, with lots of Easter eggs and, and references to other games and things, pretty good game, pretty good game. Okay, so that's great. Nine out of ten, Eli. That's amazing. You did a very good job. Well done. Well done. Have For you someone had who said, it, yeah, yes, but very, very <laughs> rarely, very rarely, we get a perfect score in our challenges. So you did very good today. Do, do you know why I got Persona? I chose Persona because I was. I, I don't know why. For some reason. Uh, since on the E3 they announced the Shin Megami new game, and I was like, oh, Atlas is yeah. you know, releasing newer games. It has to be Atlas then. So Persona yeah. 5. And <laughs> I was wrong. But you did great. You did a very good job. Well done. Congratulations. So that Thank means you. you get you get our official Sega Lounge seal of approval that I will yes. send to you uh, via email. Uh, cool. So you can you can keep and and say you know to show to everyone that you are really uh, uh, are worthy you are <laughs> a worthy guest on the show. <laughs> Great. Okay. So um, let let's talk about so uh, for the rest of our, our time here, let's talk a little bit about the new uh, project, project that you've, you've uh, teased, not not very much right. announced, but teased right. Yes. On social media. Uh -huh. Uh, related to Cybernauts, the, the next tweet. So would you like to tell us what, what that is? So, okay. Um, basically, um, 
you know how we, we we've tried over the years rescue on release video games. So mm-hmm. Cybernauts was one of the games that um, um, back in 2017 actually we tried we acquired the rights of from from uh, Infograme Atari SA, previously known as Infogrames. They they had acquired mm-hmm. um, Accolade. And Cybernauts was an original IP by Accolade, uh, on which along uh, Fire Team Rogue were plans to be a massive multimedia, um, how do you call it? Massive multimedia franchise where they were going to have cartoon, yeah. toy line, comic book, and the video game. Okay. So they were doing those two. Fire Team Rogue, um, the Super Nintendo version came up um, years ago. And even the the comic book, um, we have never found the Sega Genesis version. I, I'm always um, looking on eBay for Sega Genesis prototypes and stuff like that, and it has not turned up. So I, I read uh, on, on, a, on a Sega 16 forum that um, the developer of Cybernauts, and this is after I acquired the rights, um, had talked about the game on, the, on his personal website. Uh, and even posted a, a, a background of the game. Sorry, it was mm-hmm. just a screenshot, but it's not a screenshot, it's a background. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it took me several years to, to convince him and show him paperwork, and, and especially because he had read that another company had acquired Accolade, but what they acquired was the Accolade name and Bubsy. They did not acquire the rest of the games. Oh, and uh, Hardball. Um, we ended up acquiring Cybernauts as an IP because you know Infogrames mm-hmm. had not had not, not any of the files. Fire Team Rogue, Summer Games, mm-hmm. uh, um, Winter Games, Charles uh, Bogcree, Shut Up and Jam, and um, Starhawk for a game. So we we acquired a, a, a decent chunk of the original IP yeah. faculty. Yeah, that yeah. were not wanted by other companies because i think other companies acquired some other ones slave zero i think and you know mm-hmm. bigger stuff so after you know he emailed um the current owners of Ackley, they replied and said like no like we don't own anything with cybernauts and along that with my paperwork from infogrames he decided to release the the rom of the prototype but he told me like honestly the game didn't get that far um, it was uh, used on a proprietary engine um, that was uh, I was creating. So I'm just going to give you the ROMs, no source code, and all the artwork. And I was excited. I thought it was going to be, you know, beta, um, playable. Uh, and, and it is playable, but it it, it is at uh, a point where it's not a full game or near a full, full game. And so, so yeah, it, it, it's it's in a point where, where even if we get into, we put our hands on and get into like hacking and trying to finish the game, it's not, you know, it, there's a lot of sprites missing and uh, um, um, it would mean that else? a lot Oops. of work had to be done. Yes, to, to, exactly. Yeah. So uh, what we decided is to turn it into a, uh, you know, the, the original vision of Accolade was, okay, we we're going to turn this game into, I mean, this IP into game, comic book, toy, and cartoon. So um, our new project is going to be for the comic book. So we created a comic book um, 
that uh, that would explain the story from the characters and you know it tells you the first you know 26 24 pages of of, of the cybernaut story mm-hmm. and that's our our, our our Kickstarter about um so we've uh, we have acquired last year an imprint called virtual comics uh, which was a it was a company that was launched back in 1996 1997 along with Yahoo and um Stanley to distribute digital comic books back in you know ninety six and ninety seven through through the through the internet and through um, cities. Mm-hmm. So that company was short lived. Um, it didn't never took off. It was just too ahead of its uh, ahead of time. Yeah for, yeah, for what it wanted to do. So we acquired it, um, Virtual Comics, and we're gonna relaunch it because now you know everybody has internet, and now everybody can. <laughs> can you know download comics and and read comics online and on their phones so we're going to relaunch that uh, virtual comics uh, brand and the first project is going to be cybernauts and it's going to be the comic book of cybernauts but and not only we we, uh, rescue the ip the roms of the the, the, of sega genesis versions but we also rescue the full uh, um original soundtrack of the game oh okay Um, uh, we've uh, that was one of the things that was completely done. The original soundtrack, uh, all the backgrounds were done. Although, you know, for my taste, they could be better. Um, and and yes, this this uh, Kickstarter is to relaunch this new website uh, using the Cybernauts IP as originally intended as a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're gonna have different stretch walls where. We're gonna uh, have a motion comic that we've been working on with our with you know animation and AI to animate these comics to make it as close as possible as a cartoon, but still not a full motion cartoon. But what we are the technology that we're slowly developing it's so amazing that we're getting close to to full motion cartoon animation without full motion animation it's hard to explain all done through <laughs> ai um, so, so so no it, no no frame by frame drawings exactly and, and no stuff. not as exactly no frame by frame drawings um so yeah the whole project is going to be you know you get the comic book uh, you read the story about the cybernauts and, and we reach stretch goals uh then we can start doing the motion comic the uh-huh. cybernauts 2 the the second issue and the motion comic for the second issue. And then we can also, we're going to have a, a stretch goal where if we reach that amount, we can make it a new game. And doesn't, okay. you know, doesn't mean that we're going to make it on Sega Genesis, we can make it on Dreamcast, or we can just make it on modern consoles. Um, we actually have, uh, we just recently hired this month a full time programmer for, for, for our team that it's, um, that it's uh, working on, on our own Sega Genesis engine. Well, it's not our engine. It's just our own Poyet engine. Yeah, <laughs> but based <laughs> on the Sega Genesis SDK that everybody uses from Sprite Minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, uh, there's different things that we be able to do with this Kickstarter. Um, if it's just fun, if it just funds for the comic book, then great. That was the main, you know, the main 
thing that we were going to do. The original and intent yeah, here. Yeah, the original intent. But at the end of the day, if if we get um, extra funding, we we hope to get this property at, as a, it was originally intended by Acolyte, which is comic book, toy line, um, video game, and motion comic slash cartoon. Um, yeah. So backers will be able to, to download the ROMs um, so they can try it. There was a bunch of ROMs that we got, different ROMs from different times in the development. Uh, some like you can, they're called like E3 showcase and and alpha and and this and that. And, and there's some just ROMs that will show you uh, different things of how, how the, the engine was handling sprites and stuff like that. So it's like 10 ROMs. And as a backer, you'll be able to download those and check them out. Some people like to do that. Eventually, um, after uh, all the backers have downloaded the ROMs and tried them themselves, we're going to release these, these ROMs. We're going to archive them on our servers online for free to everybody to download. So that's pretty much the excellent the, yeah. the Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. another game rescued uh, and, and another IP that we want to sort of bring, not bring back, but just... <laughs> Yeah. Give it, give give the treatment of what it was. Give intended. it a, a second life of. Yeah, uh, second life. Yeah. Even if it did, never had one in the first place, but. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's so so in the end, do you did you get the 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 creator of the game to collaborate somehow, or he did just no, gave you the assets and just. Yeah, so uh, the programmer of the of the game was just handling programming, uh, and he just gave us whatever he had at the time when when everything stopped. Creators of the IP, we just uh, couldn't find them. Um, I talked, I've okay. talked over the years with several ex accolade people. Most of them were the <laughs> everybody that I've talked to either worked on Bubsy or was working on Fire Team Rogue. Uh, Fire Team Rogue is another project that we're gonna do. Um, hopefully, eventually, the the Sega Genesis prototype turns up. Turns, um, it, it's a game that I really want to do. If not, eventually we might. Um, you never know. We might do a Sega Genesis port because uh, the Super Nintendo version has all the content for yeah. a complete game. It's just full of bugs. And it's not polished as a as a game should be, you know. So you yeah, can play because the 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 Genesis version, the prototype never showed up, right? Never turned up. No, online. I have not find them. I I, I yeah. mean, I have alerts on eBay for keywords, and I have not been able to find it. I've talked to everybody that worked on on the game to the point I am suspecting it never was developed on Sega Genesis. It was just announced. Because mm-hmm. um, on all the marketing materials, you see like, oh, you know, coming for Super Nintendo Sega Genesis, Fire Team Rogue, blah 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 blah. But uh, there's no, there's no sign of the mm-hmm. of the Sega Genesis version, unfortunately. Um, Cybernauts, on the other end, that's different because it was also announced for Super Nintendo, but Super Nintendo version never turns up, and I, I don't think it was ever developed. So, mm-hmm. so we yeah, we were able to just recover that Sega Genesis uh, prototype. So, yeah, I mean, if you like comics or anybody likes comics that's listening, um, check it out. Um, and if you're intrigued about undumped lost video games, you know, 
bag the the Kickstarter and you'll be able to download the 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 rounds before the anybody rounds. else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, so when when yeah. is it going live? Do you have like a date yet or live breaking news? <laughs> <laughs> live on the Sega Launch podcast, the Cybernauts Kickstarter is gonna go live on uh, Tuesday, July six. Because uh, I have something with Tuesdays. Okay. You know? Okay. <laughs> you know how back in the day you get the new releases on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why I always do Tuesday. Okay. So Tuesday, July six, uh, around nine a.m. Central Time. Um, the, the Kickstarter is going to go live and as soon as the Kickstarter um, ends if it gets funded and it ends um, as soon as we confirm all the backers that uh, that I stayed on the because some backers are like drop backers yeah, yeah so yeah. as soon as everybody gets confirmed we're going to send out the we're going to send out instructions to how to download the the um, The ROMs. The Kickstarter the ROMs and, and probably the digital version of the, of the cartoon. Because right now it's 100% in Spanish. We mm -hmm. got to do the translation. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's, that's it. <laughs> okay. And you heard it here first, folks. So probably in a few days, if you're listening to this when it drops. So next week, uh, Tuesday, July 6th. Also, keep your eyes on, on our social media. We'll definitely uh, announce that when it's live. So, obviously, it's it's a good thing to to check out. Eli, people should also check out your website, right? Pico Interactive. Yes, um, PicoInteractive.com if you want to buy retro games in mm -hmm. cartridge format. Um, if you want to buy Sega games, we have a lot of Sega games. Uh, we are thinking of... Uh, well, we're not thinking. We're um, planning another website that's going to be a digital storefront for all the retro games, including Sega Genesis. And we have a lot of different Sega Genesis games um, that are not in cartridge. And it's going to be on store.bleampower.com. And that's a, you know, that's a reason why it's an it's a inside joke. Well, it's not an inside joke, but the, it, it's, a, it's like a meme for us, <laughs> the, the, the main name. Um, And uh, yeah, stay tuned for that one, and you'll be able to download um, Sega Genesis games and Super Nintendo games, NES games, wrapped in a, an executable file that you will be able to just double click, open, and play on your computer with your USB oh, controller, or mm -hmm. you can just grab the ROM from the files that you download and then put it on your flash card and play on your console. Mm -hmm. And we plan to have different product lines, uh, like flash. Uh, You know, our own flashcards uh, for you to, if you don't have a flashcard and you want to play these games on your console, you can um, buy the flashcard as a one time purchase and then you can download the Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo games, get the ROMs, put it on your flashcard and put it, put it mm -hmm. on your console. Um, and, you know, if you don't have a console, you can, you'll be able to buy like clone consoles for Sega Genesis uh, or Super Nintendo or NES. So we're, we're planning on, on doing something cool. Uh, you know, and Pico Interactive website is going to stay just for our like physical releases, um, mm -hmm. and and then Bleem is going to go more in digital and 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 clone um, hardware. And if people want to buy just used Sega Genesis games, you can go to jjgames.com. We have a lot of Sega Genesis games there available too. <laughs> okay, excellent, yeah. excellent. 
plugging so, all our websites. <laughs> and and the the Bleem, uh, everyone remembers the Bleem brand. So it's right. nice that you were able to get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just made sense. Yeah, currently it's under construction. The website. Um, yeah. You can sign up uh, on uh -huh. the, on the main screen right now on the website, so you can get a notification, an email whenever you know the website launches we mm -hmm. we hope to have all our um catalog of games from all the mm -hmm. retail platforms that we what we support and start licensing out uh you know different um uh catalogs of our games if you're a homebrew mm -hmm. developer and want to get your game on the store that too as well um you know it, we really want to start distributing you know <laughs> grow with a not grow but progress with the with the um, the industry is going all digital so mm -hmm. you know we, we want to do that as well excellent excellent okay very good so eli thank you very much for coming on the show uh, i think we we all got a taste of what pico is all about what what this new kickstarter will also bring to the table which which is very very interesting i have one question though one final question for you which mm -hmm. I, which is the last question that I ask all of my guests. Okay. Are you familiar with blast processing? I am familiar with blast processing. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it made it made the the genesis faster and more powerful, according to Sega's marketing. Sega. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, was it really a a, a real thing? Mm. <laughs> debatable uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if it was a real thing but i i'll give it to sega they could they could display a lot more sprites on screen than super nintendo so there's yeah. that that might be blast processing, processing. <laughs> doing its work for you so my question is if you could add blast processing to anything in the world what would it be and why <laughs> to make it okay. more powerful and faster and <laughs> okay i'm just gonna say it sorry my stomach <laughs> so i could eat more <laughs> and not gain weight <laughs> that, that's that's probably the best answer that i could come up with i feel you my friend i feel you <laughs> uh yeah so Eli now Eli's stomach now with more blast processing <laughs> coming soon. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna head out to lunch now. Get double yeah. double cheeseburgers. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eli, thank you very much for for coming on the show again. It was really yeah, no nice to, to to talk to you. Hopefully, we we can talk again soon. Uh, yeah, for sure. With with a, a fully funded Kickstarter and and all of the the store the the Bleem store launched as well, so hopefully you can come yeah. back and we'll talk more. Yeah, no, definitely. all the, all the best you. for your future projects as well. Pre appreciate it, and thank you for having me. I had fun, uh, you know. And you guys are doing great with your podcast. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks again to Eli Galindo for coming on the show. Remember to follow Pico Interactive's social channels so you don't miss out on news regarding the Cybernauts Kickstarter project. It launches on Tuesday, July 6th. 
And it's now time to talk about that Alex Kid giveaway. Thanks to Merge Games, I have a code for the Xbox version of Alex Kid in Miracle World DX. This is a worldwide giveaway, so anyone can enter. The game is compatible with both Xbox One systems and Xbox Series S and X. To enter, simply go to thesegalounge.com slash alexgiveaway. That's thesegalounge.com slash alexgiveaway. Entries will close on July 7th at midnight British summertime. I'll be announcing the winner on next week's show, which will be focused on the game itself. I've invited a few friends and we'll be sharing our thoughts on Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX on a special roundtable episode, which will also serve as the mid-season finale of the podcast. So if you're still on the fence on whether to get the game or not, don't miss the next episode of the Sega Lounge. Thank you very much for listening to this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to follow the podcast so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes and feel free to tell others about what we're doing here. Maybe they'll enjoy it too. I wish you all a wonderful week. Take care, stay safe, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com slash thesegalounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.